Hey there, I'm Rianne Mullins, and I'm the host of the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. 15 years ago, I lost 65 pounds by revamping my lifestyle in a very realistic and totally manageable way. Now I teach other women how to ditch the yo-yo dieting cycle and start living a balanced, fit, and happy life through real food, effective exercise, and a powerful mindset. Each week, I'll be popping into your ears to teach you how you too can live a balanced and fit life free from unrealistic diets and crazy expectations. Let's go. Hey, all. How are you? I'm so glad that you are here to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that these episodes give you something to think about, or I hope you learn something, or it gives you some sort of idea that helps you in some way. So thank you for being here. Today's topic is all about using food as information. We'll talk about what food journaling is, how to use it in a helpful manner so that you can create your own nutrition plan that fits you best, and we'll talk about some mistakes that I see people make when they decide to use a food journal. So I'm currently in the middle of a six-week nutrition challenge. With these challenges, I provide, you know, a starter guide, a recipe guide full of healthy recipes, a weekly sample menu, and a grocery list. And then I support these people along the way. I started these challenges because I know that many people are so confused about nutrition and just want someone to tell them what to do. I know that that's how I used to feel. So when I found the secret to nutrition, I wanted to spend my time helping others learn it too. So I want to say that my six-week nutrition challenges, they aren't really a diet. They're not hardcore rules, okay? So when I started these challenges, I just wanted to introduce better nutrition and give some ideas on how to approach it. So do you want to know what the actual secret is to nutrition? Are you you sure you can handle the secret? Because here it is. The big secret is that that there really is no secret. Okay. You just have to learn your own body and how it responds to certain foods in order to find the best nutrition plan. And There usually is no perfect plan or perfect program out there. I wish, I wish, I wish that I did have the perfect program and could make everybody the exact weight they want to be and as happy as possible. But you know what? That's just not something that's available. So I run these challenges to help people just make better choices, plan ahead and learn what does work and what doesn't work for them. What happens a lot, though, is that these people are a little frustrated with me or confused when I don't give them these hard, fast rules to follow. See, in a world of dieting culture, we're used to seeing a plan that has rules. It says you cannot eat. Maybe it says you cannot eat carbs, you cannot eat sugar, you cannot have alcohol, you cannot eat fat, or you can only eat fat. Don't eat white food, don't eat salty food, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But all of those diets are saying different things. Like one says no carbs and the other one says no fat. And we all know that sugar and alcohol is not good for us, but how can we follow all these rules and still enjoy life and be healthy? 
So when I went through my own transformation and stopped listening to all of the crazy dieting advice, I dedicated my time to learning how my body responds to certain foods. And the great thing is that I learned my body responds really well to starchy carbs, at least for now. I especially do well on oats, rice, and potatoes. I mean, lucky me, right? Because I can't imagine living without them. But I have learned that my body does not like fat. Even healthy fats like olive oil, nuts, and avocado, I have to be super careful with the amount and how often I eat those. So if I do eat them, I almost, not with all of them, but almost immediately feel like inflammation and bloated. And and if I do continue to eat too much of the nuts and avocados and things like that, um, the scale actually goes up. So that's not fun, right? I've worked with women though, who do great on high fat and low carb, which is unlike me. And I've worked with women who do really great on low protein vegetarian diets where other women absolutely can't stand or cannot thrive on a vegetarian diet and need very high animal protein. So every person has to find what works best for them. And what do I mean though, by it works best for them? I mean this, it's like when you feel balanced, you know, not too hungry. Um, maybe you don't have very many or no cravings. You have good high energy. You can sleep well. You're in a good mood. You can handle anxiety and stress and you're getting results, okay? Whether that's on the scale or in the gym or maybe reducing medication or just feeling better overall. That is how you know if something works best for you, if you're hitting all of those amazing areas. I also spend time working one-on-one with clients to help them pinpoint exactly what they need to improve their energy, reduce cravings, and either lose weight or get healthier in general. And here's the deal. There's one major thing that I require with all of my one-on-one clients, and that is a food journal. So with my one-on-one clients, I share a Google spreadsheet online with them so that they can log their food daily. And I'm able to see this spreadsheet and I can learn more about the person based on what they're eating, you know, what they're feeling and how they're responding and are they getting results or not? So this food journal is like gold even if it's a little annoying to my clients. And I can tell that sometimes it gets annoying because they may skip a day or two, or I can hear it in their voices on our calls when I ask why they didn't fill out their food log or what they ate. What they may not realize, although I try to tell them, is that this food journal is my crystal ball. It guides me so that I can guide them. And you know what? You can do the exact same thing for yourself. When you have a goal, no matter what it is, okay, whether it's losing weight, running a race, um, trying to prevent diabetes, whatever your goal is, you've got to focus on what you're doing or not doing, okay? That's the only way you'll be able to make any change. You have to pay attention to all the details or else, you know, you'll just stay in the same place where you started. So today I want to tell you how I use food journals and food as information to learning how to create a custom nutrition plan that works and you can do it yourself. First, I do want to point out that there is a difference between a food log and a food journal. A food log is just that you only track your food by logging it. There are apps and I'm sure you've heard of or use my fitness pal, right? 
it helps you do this, right? You just input the food, how much you ate, and it logs it. A food journal is a little different. You not only track your food intake, but also your feelings and other signs related to your eating and your results. It can be a notebook, a spreadsheet, like I use with my clients on your computer or tablet. Um, or you can use an app, but then you need to make other notes somewhere else. Okay. So a food log or journal is only useful and good if you're totally honest and fill it out completely. When you use a food journal consistently, at least until you find your own custom nutrition plan and maybe don't need to use it anymore, you can get amazing information from it if you do it correctly. Okay. So here are some ways that I think, you know, what you need to do to use it correctly so you can get the most out of the food journal. And the first thing is, I already said it, but the first thing is you must be honest and include all of the foods, candies, drinks, sips, licks, nibbles, whatever. If you're not honest, it's not going to help you at all. The whole point of a food log is to see what you're doing so that you know what to change or keep the same. Like I said earlier, I use a food journal with all of my clients. I cannot help them make better choices if I don't know the truth about what they are consuming. It does them no good at all to not be honest and really complete the food log thoroughly. Okay. So first up, most important thing, be totally honest. And, and if you're not honest, especially if you have a coach, the coach can't help you if you're not honest, but not being honest is, you know, not being honest to yourself too. I mean, a lot of people I think are afraid to admit to themselves what they're doing. It's almost like they're already ashamed of what they're doing and they just don't want to face it. So you've got to be honest, especially if you want to make a change. You can't keep doing the same thing and expect a change, right? All right. The second way or to you know use your journal correctly is you need to include more information to get the full picture, okay? This means that you may want to make some notes around your meals to recognize why you made those choices. For example, if you eat a cookie and drink some coffee at 3 p.m., it's a good idea to figure out why. Like, were you tired? Were you bored? Were you hungry? Give some reasoning behind why you choose the foods you choose. If you're eating a grilled chicken salad with croutons and a Diet Coke at lunch, that's fine. But you may want to include whether or not you used, you know, ranch dressing, balsamic dressing, no dressing, light dressing, tons of dressing. Or you may want to also include, I mean, you don't want to may, you, you need to include, um, did it have a bunch of cheese or nuts or fruit on it? Because there's a big difference between a garden salad with some grilled chicken versus like a, you know, some specialty salad at a restaurant that has, you know, 2000 calories versus a 200 calorie salad. So it really makes a difference. You have to be clear and note everything that you're eating. So be very clear and specific so that you can see how the food is affecting you. Okay. Because how one food, you know, makes you feel maybe be completely different. I know it's completely different than other foods. So a grilled chicken salad is going to absolutely give you a different feeling than a chocolate chip cookie and hazelnut coffee. Okay. Also along these lines, you can start to see when you're eating due to hunger or cravings. I have my clients rate their hunger, energy, and cravings with each meal so that we can get a better idea of why they are eating. Okay. So 
This is important so that we can learn where the trouble spots happen. Nine out of 10 times, it's the late afternoon that is a trouble spot for most people, especially women. Boredom, stress, and unbalanced blood sugar are almost always to blame. So when you start to see patterns, you can come up with strategies to make a change around those patterns, okay? The patterns may be time of day. It may be certain foods. It might be where you're at, where you're eating. There's so many aspects that come into this besides just the number of calories. So can you see how a food log or journal is more than a space to count calories? It's a perfect place to track your hunger, your energies, your energies, your cravings, your stress, and your emotions. It's not all about calories, grams of fat, grams of protein, and grams of carbs. There's so much more involved when you're trying to create your best lifestyle and one away from dieting. Okay, the third way to use your food journal is to review your data to find your customized plan. If you have an amazing week, and what I mean by that is one in which you have lots of energy, you notice you don't have cravings and you're not starving, and maybe you even lost a pound or two, you can then look back at the week and see why. What did you eat? When did you eat? And how much did you eat? If you had a great week, then try to mimic that same pattern next week. And and I want to say you don't have to eat the exact same things, but you want to eat a similar pattern. So if you were eating lots of proteins and vegetables at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, then keep that up. If you were, you know, going to bed earlier and skipping that late night treat, then continue that. Whatever it is, continue what worked well. If on the other hand, you had a not so good week, one where you're hungry all the time, maybe craving chocolate and feel just overall miserable, you can also use the food log to see what went wrong. Did you skip too many meals? Did you eat enough protein? Did you drink enough water? And remember that if you're also logging your moods and how you felt, you can use that information too. Maybe you notice that every day at 3 p.m. you're craving chocolate or coffee. This could mean that you're either emotionally eating because maybe you're stressed or you're bored or you're mad, or it could mean you're not feeling your body efficiently earlier in the day. Okay. This is amazing information because if it's emotional, then you can think of something to do to combat those emotions, like go for a walk, do something different. Or if you realize that, no, you don't really think it's emotional eating, that you're just actually hungry and feeling bad then you can start to look at your previous meals from that time period and see what you can do differently to help prevent that 3 p.m. craving or snack, okay? Then you can just really start experimenting and figure out what works best. You just have to be willing to do a little digging and a little bit of work and experimenting, okay? As a coach, I view the food journal in the exact same way. But I can only make these educated suggestions if I have the correct and real information in front of me. Since I understand how hunger and stress hormones impact food choices and therefore results, I'm able to view the food journal that my client fills out each week and offer meal suggestions, stress management suggestions, and even mindset suggestions to help my client do better or feel better the next week. A really big surprise that many clients realize after working with me is that I usually introduce ideas to them that they just have not considered. I have a lady that I'm working with right now that didn't even notice she was emotionally eating. And 
you know, it took a lot of like digging for her to finally say to me, oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I am doing that. Like, I'm not even paying attention to what I'm eating. I'm, I'm filling my emotions. I'm like, yeah, exactly. So what a great aha moment she had when we were reviewing her food journal. And this, by the way, is a great benefit to having a nutrition and lifestyle coach on your team. These realizations and findings that come from a food journal can be the start to a completely new and free from dieting lifestyle shift. Of course, I can't do the work for them, you know, for my clients, but my whole job as a coach is to coach and guide my clients to making their own decisions and choices based on my observation and knowledge about nutrition and health. Then together we can create a plan that is best for this person. For years now, I've used a food journal to keep track of my own nutrition. I don't always use one, but when I'm working on a goal, you know, like climbing a mountain or training for a 50K race, which is my new plan, I need to pay extra special attention to my nutrition and how I'm feeling because it's information and it helps guide me and teach me what I need to change or keep the same. So again, no matter what your goal is, knowing what you're doing now you can make a plan, you know, to go forward if you need to make a, make a change. So that's how we want to use the food journal. Okay. So quick review, you want to be really, really honest and track everything. Okay. You, the second thing is you need to include more information besides just the food. Remember your moods. Um, what's, you know, what's going on? Why did you make these choices? And then you can review that data to customize your plan. So don't just write it out and not use it, like write it out and go back and learn from the journal. Okay. So the biggest mistakes that I see when it comes to food journaling here, there one is waiting until the end of the day to fill in your log. This is a mistake because you may not remember what you really had or how you felt or how much. And some people even wait till the end of the week and try to fill in. There's no way you're going to remember every single thing that you ate. Okay. This becomes unreliable and just misinformation. The second mistake I see people making is skipping little bites and licks and nibbles here and there. If you're cooking and you eat a bite here and there before you sit down to eat, you may consume way more food than you realize. You know, even if it's healthy, like just last night, I was out on the, we have a Blackstone like flat top grill thing. And we always make a bunch of, of chicken and vegetables like a couple times a week. And then that's lunch. And I, I just love it. So anyway, I was out there and the chicken was done and I wanted the vegetables to cook a little more. And I ate four pieces of chicken, not, not like whole chicken breast, but like little pieces of chicken. And I was like, you know, that was probably an ounce of chicken, which is not free calories. I mean, just cause it's healthy doesn't mean it's free, you know? So you've got to remember to track everything, okay? So this underestimating can make a really big difference in whether you're getting results or not, okay? A third mistake I see is people not tracking their liquid calories. And, you know, it's really funny how many people don't realize that drinking calories is one of the biggest ways people gain weight and when they stop, lose weight, okay? So Just because a green smoothie that's liquid is healthy, I mean, it's still packed full of calories. And, you know, I notice people don't track their coffee drinks, their juice, and even alcohol on the weekends, okay? All of these have calories, 
Okay. And if you're not tracking them, then we're missing out on a lot of information. So always include them. A fourth mistake is becoming totally obsessed with the numbers. Like I said, the food journal is not just about the numbers. So when I work with clients, we use a spreadsheet instead of an app. And the reason is because I don't want my clients to add up calories or grams of carbs or look at the numbers of protein or any of that. I just want them to be totally honest about what they ate and about how much and track their feelings around their meals. When you only look at the numbers or calories, you're missing out on all of that awesome information. So I got to be totally honest. You know, you guys, I'm totally real with you all the time. And I will tell you this. I used to be so obsessed with food tracking to a major fault. And that's why I'm not a huge fan of food apps anymore, especially the ones that calculate your weight loss numbers. I see too many people get overly focused on tracking the numbers only, and this can create disordered eating. So I'm going to tell you more about my personal disordered eating next week. I'm going to tell you some really personal stuff that I haven't really opened up that much about before. I've told my story of overeating cookies, but I haven't really um, opened up any, you know, very much about my like disordered eating with my food obsession and, um, kind of crazy obsessive food logging. So I fortunately don't do that anymore, but I did. And I think that it might resonate with a lot of people. So I'm going to be sharing that in part two of the food information podcast. So that's the next episode. So definitely check it out. All right. So another mistake that I see people make with food journaling is overestimating what they eat. Okay. So usually, usually more often than not, people underestimate, but it's also possible to overestimate what you're eating. I know many people don't believe me, but it's also possible to undereat, especially if you're super active. I know a lot of you that listen to this love to exercise. Um, and some, you know, a lot of you don't also, and that's okay too. But those of you that exercise a lot, a lot, a lot, it's very possible you're under eating. And so many people don't believe that, but I've witnessed it so many times. Okay. And, and I've personally done it too. So I used to log food and input extra calories just in case, because I wanted a little wiggle room and this doesn't provide real information though. So remember to be as honest, accurate, and timely as possible to get the best information. All right. So again, those mistakes were waiting till the end of the day or week to fill in your log because there's no way you're going to remember skipping all the little like things here and there, grabbing a piece of candy, eating a cookie. Um, you know, I've talked to people before really quick. I just thought of this, um, where I'll be like, that's all you've had. They're like, yeah, well, and then I had, well, I did have a small fry from McDonald's and I'm like, okay, well you didn't put on your log. Oh yeah. And they'll be like, okay, so that's it. Well, I did have some gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> like, so be honest. Okay. Like don't, don't skip. Okay. Be really honest. Um, another mistake was not tracking liquid calories. Um, and then the other mistake was becoming obsessed with just the numbers and not using it for other reasons. Okay. And try not to overestimate your food either. All right. So there you have it. When you want to stop the ups and downs of dieting, or if you just want to feel better, starting a food journal is really a great place to start. Remember that food is information. What you eat has a direct impact on how you feel and how you feel also has an impact on what you choose to eat. 
Feelings and food go hand in hand. Once you can see the connection, you can start to learn how to change what you eat, which will make you change how you feel. Next week, I will tell you more about my own personal struggles with weight, emotional eating, and my obsession with food logging. Until then, I hope you'll consider joining my free group on Facebook. It's the Balanced Fit and Free Lifestyle Group. I'll be showing my group how to make some healthier and tasty Halloween candy coming up this week. And like always, I hope you find this information helpful and I hope you will share it with your friends, coworkers, and family who could also benefit from the podcast. Take care and remember to tune in next week to hear a little bit more about some of my food issues. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And if you are looking for a crew of amazing women who are also seeking a balanced, fit, and free lifestyle, be sure to join my exclusive community on Facebook. The link is waiting for you in the show notes. Until next time, keep your thoughts positive and your coffee hot.